Welcome to Hope Found. This is a podcast about doing life with God. I found hope in the one and only true God through my salvation in Jesus. And I want to share my journey with God via the scriptures and personal interactions. Many of the podcasts will have a study of scriptures and others will contain interviews with other people and their stories finding hope in God. Well, welcome back. We're glad that you decided to join us today. Uh, My name is Hope and my husband John is here also. Hello, Hope. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I was thinking about actually asking the audience, but realizing that they can't respond. So yeah, it is kind of hard to to hear what they have to say. Yeah, I do. I do really care. It's just the response. I'm not sure how that would work. Yeah, I do hope that you all are doing well. Um, so earlier, I think it was like in the past week or so, um, John had mentioned about how, hey, we should maybe look through some of our closets and stuff and like clean them out and. Uh, just kind of get rid of some of the stuff that we don't use anymore. And we tend to collect a lot of junk as we live. That we do. The closets in this house are very full. Yes, of very abstract things too. I mean, just from all different, you know, things that we had to get, medical, whatever, or just things that we think that, oh, maybe gifts that (laughs) might have been acquired at some point that... That maybe we forgot were in there. uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's always the fun at Christmas time when you're like, oh, look, here's that thing I bought for (laughs) so-and-so. It's been in here. Or I missed it at Christmas and maybe I'll give it to them for, I don't Uh, know. I've done that a couple of times. Not this past year, but I have done that a couple of times. Yes, you have. Forgetting that I bought it months ago and hid it away for that special, you know. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, we tend to collect a lot of stuff. Um, And uh, in fact, we were having um, a discussion with our youngest the other day, and he was saying how he had a desire to basically have a cleaned out room. He didn't really want to clean it out, but he had a desire to, to have it cleaned. And so we were having this discussion, and it just kept coming back to, but it's just so much, like it's just going to take too much time. Yeah, and it's funny. You say he had a desire to have a cleaned out room. Uh, he did, but you're right. He definitely didn't have a desire to clean his room. No. Which is what prompted the I think initial uh conversation to begin with. Right, right. So I, he I think ultimately knew that it was going to be his responsibility. I mean, it's he's definitely old enough and uh he well, definitely and he made the mess, so <laughs> Right, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I I told him, I said, okay, so I can tell that this is way too overwhelming for you. Um, You definitely want it, but it's way too overwhelming. And so let's let's look at this. Let's see what we can do about this. And so I'd recommended uh, maybe not to think about the whole room, but to think about parts of it. You know, you have your desk. So that could be a project. Just, you know, pick a time, do your desk, clean it all up. And... um, and then, you know, your closet and then go through your closet. You're so much nicer than I am because, you know, my response is I think about a trash bag. <laughs> yes, that's true. And I know I get that from my dad because there was plenty of times when he's like, I'm just going to take a trash bag to your room. Yes. He did, he did once. Yeah. It, it, it happened. <laughs> oh, boy. Did you ever see that stuff again? Yeah, I went digging through the trash bags later nice. to get back the things I wanted. Nice. But, but, but did you put it back in a proper place then? I put it back in the place where it was. Oh, nice. You know, it just came down to that understanding that, you know, my room couldn't look the way that it had previously looked. Mm, gotcha. He was making a point. He made it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so I'm telling them to like kind of break it down into sections so that didn't seem so overwhelming. Um, and then he had the response of, 
well, how does that work? Because if I'm going through my desk and I find this thing that belongs in uh, my bookshelf, but I haven't cleaned up my bookshelf yet, so I don't, where do I put it? And so he just, you know, was like kind of getting, I don't know, personally, I think he was coming up with all the excuses that he's been telling himself so that he doesn't do it. <laughs> right. And it seemed maybe a bit anxious. I don't know. Yeah. In the, in the moment. You yeah. Know? I mean, not, I don't think he has an anxiety problem. It just, no. was, he was anxious in the conversation because it was, it was more of the, here's all of the, the reasons why I can't start. <laughs> right. Exactly. Cause it's, it's a, it's, it can be overwhelming. It, it just the thought of it and to think that, you know, this is going to take me days to do. Like again, back to the trash bag. Exactly. Ten minutes, I could be done. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You but know, then he's he, away he, this weekend, so. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. I'm afraid what what that might lead to. Um. So yeah. So you know, I'm like, okay. So okay. In that case, let's look at the things that really don't belong. Okay. So at one point, you know, these clothes that you have here, they fit you. Well, you're never wearing those again. You do not have a younger sibling that we're going to hand them down to. So get rid of them. Right. You know, they were good for you at one point, but now they're of no use. They, you know, and uh, I, sometimes he does try to squeeze into some of those shorts, but it's disturbing. <laughs> it's like it's like a 1980s PE coach. You're like, what is what is what is that? What thankfully are you wearing? It's, thankfully, it's just a bed most of the time. Right. But. Right. He doesn't wear them out of the house. But no. man, he comes downstairs and whoo. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, those, so those things were useful. Um, I know for a fact that he still has some video game toy type things that he was so into at one point and they've just been in a box for years now. And so I'm like, don't even look at it, you know, (laughs) don't even be tempted to try to go through it. Just open it up, know that that's what it is and get rid of it. And, um, and so then I had finally offered, okay, because I think that he was feeling like it would just be put to another place in his room so I said so just put it in the trunk of my car just put it in the trunk of the car and as soon as you feel like you've gone through most everything we'll go to Goodwill and we'll drop it off so that way you know you at least feel like you can breathe a little bit as you're going through the process so after shooting down most of his excuses <laughs> you did a good job he, he possibly came around to okay maybe I can do this to clean it out but because um, I was about to have to leave the room <laughs> this is I know true. you know that. It's just like, come <laughs> this on, is buddy. True. Yeah, yeah. Just suck it up. Get a trash bag. Whatever. Right. Like, let's go. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, and then I started thinking about how I used to watch that show Hoarders. Mm. And uh, in all honesty, I used to watch it because it made me feel so much better about how messy my house was. Because at least it wasn't that bad. Right. It was always like a good New Year's Day binging show. That's true. That's it's, true. I, I don't know if they, if you know, they would put that on TV in order to say it's it's a new year, so this is the time for you to think about cleaning out your home. Make right. a resolution to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't get like this, um, or possibly to sell you know it's losing weight or cleaning out or something right. new year stuff but, right uh but yeah so i used to watch it and um uh, and you know most of the time it was pretty sad you know um but it wasn't just people who wanted stuff you know sometimes a lot of times they would refer to themselves as collectors so they would have like an excessive amount of a certain thing whether it was clothes or dolls which is a little bit creepy but um it could be purses whatever they had like a collection they liked elephants so they had like everything elephant but it was just so much that it just completely invaded even being able to live because mm-hmm. there it was such an excess and then usually most of the shows as it progresses 
they have another person who's there as like a support person for them, like a counseling person to help them work through things because your average healthy mental person doesn't typically do those things. Mm -hmm. So they usually come down to, okay, what was the trauma that you went through that kind of provoked this? You know, the, the, what, what is the underlying thing that makes you want to collect and not ever get rid of anything? And so uh, there was a lot of that. There was definitely, you know, people might have passed away or just traumas that they had in their life that, that just led to this out of control, having so much stuff. Um, and so I, I found that very interesting. Um, I think that it's way more common than what we think. Yeah, I can tell you uh, where I grew up in Pennsylvania, uh, I remember we had this this neighbor that lived next to us, and and we lived in a home that was built in the like late eighteen hundreds, just before the turn of the century, mm-hmm. and and so that's kind of the whole neighborhood. And so this house next door to us um, was this big old house, probably I don't know three or four thousand square feet of of living space inside, and the only people that lived there was um, this this very old lady mm-hmm. and her daughter, who was mm-hmm. also up in years. Right. I mean, that's who lived in this home. And you never saw the the oldest, the, the older lady. She didn't really come out much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, I saw the other, uh, late Arlene was the lady that I would see all the time. She was our right. neighbor. And, uh, and so they lived in this home and it was this giant house and just the two of them. And, and after, um, Arlene's mom passed away, uh, Arlene's brother came over and they had to, to clean the house out. And it was seriously, you know, before we ever knew what the TV show Hoarders was, right. it was exactly that. Dumpster wow. after dumpster load of things that were getting taken out and thrown away. You know, big portions of the inside of that house that had been closed off for years because they were just full of junk. Mm. You know, some of it, stuff that you could, you know, sell. Some of it maybe would fall into that antique type, you know, mindset. Mm-hmm. But just junk. Wow. Lots and lots of junk. So and you can't ever appreciate the nice stuff because there's just stuff everywhere. Yeah, and I think you forget what's in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't even know anymore because there's just so much. And and so, yeah, uh, when you say I think it's more common, I think you're absolutely right. And Unless you've been in your neighbor's house, you never know this is what true. it's like. Unless some of, some of them spill outside the house and it's in the yard and it becomes like a thing in the neighborhood. But, but sometimes you just don't know. Behind shut doors, you just yeah. don't know. Um, I do, I was never there. I never experienced it. I think that my family, cause I was pretty young, protected me from it. But, um, my father's mom, I think, uh, definitely tended that way. Yeah. Um, I think it was living through the depression and once they kind of came out of the depression, it was buy stuff. It was to show that you're you're not there anymore, that you have some kind of wealth just to have stuff. And from what I heard from my siblings, because they went up after she had passed away to help clean out the house, um, it was basically there were paths through the house for them to get to point mm-hmm. A to point B from the kitchen to where they slept and, and different things like that. But um, most of what was there, because a lot of times you see those and it's just trash. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is sometimes it's clothes. It's actual stuff. But from what they told me, it was uh, boxes of hats hmm. and purses and gloves. And they all, so much of it still had tags on it. I mean, it was crazy how much, like, it was just stuff. Like, stuff she probably never wore. Stuff that maybe she wow. lifted, you know, lifted up the lid once and looked at it and probably never wore it. Yeah. And it was just such an excessive amount of 
stuff. And I think that that definitely had something to do with coming out of the depression and showing that you had the wealth that you, um, you know, that you're not in that depression anymore. Right. It's, it's making sure that on the outside you're, you're putting on the, um, the right look, or like you said, making sure that the people who see you know, right. Or you're giving them illusion of of what may be not even fact at that point. I don't know. Right. Right. But eventually either way, it's going to impede your way of living. Yeah. And maybe the coming out of depression thing is kind of maybe why my neighbor, you know, well, mm, that could be, I don't know. She was pretty old. I don't know if that was, she probably was predating the depression, but yeah. I mean, obviously it was she after. She probably still experienced right. it if she was but, alive but, during but it. But maybe that was one of those things where when you don't have, you keep, because so, maybe mm. you need it. You know, if right. you acquire it, whatever it is, whether it's something that's high end or whether it's something that's just everyday life, I might need that. Or I might be in a situation where I can't buy it, so why would I get rid of it? Right, right. Or you just see the worth in it, even though. It's like those pieces of wood I've got in the garage. <laughs> You know, we might need them. At some I might point. need that piece of wood <laughs> that is got three inches cut off of it because it was whatever. Well, wood is very expensive. It is. I will say that <laughs> it is. You know what? And that, I mean, maybe. Hey, we've been married a long time, and maybe I've used one piece of wood out of that. You know what I keep. Well, down our there. boys definitely like to um, practice. You know, nailing nails and screws and hammering sure. and saws and. <laughs> Right. So if if for nothing else, it gave them some entertainment for a while. Exactly. Exactly. Some good, uh, good labor, physical labor as opposed to video games or something. You know, you talked about the closets and it's like the garage is a whole other story. It is. It's really not that bad. No, you because guys I recently out, cleaned right, it. Yeah. Right. And, and it really isn't. I mean, it's it's very functional. But it's got stuff that's just yes. stuff. I mean, yes. we've moved lots of times in the years we've been married and some of those boxes have been the, it's the same box. We move it and we move it again and we move it again and we move it again and it's still just a box of stuff that's just still. I I will say this. It, this might this might hurt your feelings just a touch. Are you but... going to talk about my t-shirt collection? <laughs> yes. Because it's gone. <laughs> it is gone. It is gone. <laughs> I know it took 25 years, but it's gone. <laughs> it is gone. <laughs> and that was a sad day. And it was because it, it was a very sentimental thing. And I know that, which is why we continued to move it from house to house. It was. You know, when yes. I was a kid and my dad would go on a business trip here or there, he'd always come back with a T-shirt from mm-hmm. wherever that city was. And as a kid, you don't ever think you're going to travel to anywhere. I mean, right. you don't you don't know what's going to happen in your life. And, and camps and right, well, yeah, right. youth camp or mm-hmm. youth convention or whatever. Just, you know, choir yeah, performances and things like that. Yeah, that was a sad when I had to get rid of it. I know, I know. But you're right. It was in a trash bag, a trash bag full of T-shirts, mm-hmm. which made it easy to get rid of because then all I had to do was put the trash bag out to the curb. <laughs> this is true. This is No true. additional repacking required. <laughs> but you let go of it when you were ready to let go of it. Yeah, you it know. did take a little bit. Yeah, that's okay, though. It's all right. Well, thanks. I It'd be different if it was a houseful. Then we'd have to have a discussion. Right, right. That's true. Yes, absolutely. I appreciate so- your grace there. <laughs> absolutely. So uh, many times when we have this stuff around us and it can be a reflection, even like we talked about with the hoarders, um, it can be a reflection of things that might be going on inside. And we tend to have a lot of stuff in our lives. Um, Before Christ, after (laughs) receiving him, we can just have a lot of stuff. Even if you're a child that comes to Christ, there's history there. There are things that that um, as you live can even come in, can be acquired even when you are living for Jesus. I mean, it's just a matter of we live in this world. And so today I just wanted to talk 
about that stuff in our lives. And um, so this stuff can be, um, you know, physical things. We can have uh, spiritual, mental, emotional, just stuff that we tend to hold on to, even uh, even when we are saved, when we come to Jesus, and he does make us new, and He and we give him a place in our heart, um, but we do tend to hold on to other things that don't belong. Um, we need to surrender those things to him. Uh, many times, it's really hard when we talk about surrender, because surrender can be can be a very difficult thing because mm. we are um we like to control things well in the word itself surrender i mean it sounds like giving giving up mm-hmm. i mean when you think about surrender in in a wartime scenario waving the white flag surrendering right. you're giving up so right. it could seem like something that has a maybe a negative annotation to it yeah cuz i mean you're definitely cuz we I don't want to jump ahead, but yeah, we, we do, we do need, um, to do that. And so it's, it's hard because then we're going without, whether it's giving of ourselves, whether it's giving up the things that are in our lives, it's a hard thing to do because we like to have control. Mm. We, so, um, whenever we surrender, that means we're giving up that control. So that can be a very difficult thing. Um, and many times, even if those things that God is asking us to give up are things that we don't like, uh, like burdens, you know, we, we tend to pick them back up. (laughs) We tend to, um, it could be things that um, are bad habits or an addiction or just the things that, um, that just don't belong, even if they're things that are bad for us. Um, I have encountered some people probably more so, but actually had conversations with people that, who, uh, who struggled with chaos in their life. They just, they, but that was their norm. Right. They, they couldn't live outside of chaos. Right. And so then when there wasn't chaos, they would tend to stir it up. They would tend to cause a problem because the chaos is actually their comfort zone. Which is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. And I think that they knew that, but they just didn't know what it looked like outside of that. Right. Um, that actually reminds me of the story when Jesus came to the man by the pool of Bethesda and he asked him, do you want to be healed? And, you know, everybody would say, well, of course, of course he wants to be healed. But if there's a reason why he asked, and I don't think it's because Jesus was looking for him to say, well, yeah, absolutely. Because he actually responded with an excuse he responded with, well, whenever the water stirred up, there's nobody here to put me in. I can't get there fast enough. Somebody always gets there before me. It's like Josiah not being able to clean his room. <laughs> right. Yeah. He responded with an excuse, which I don't, I mean, maybe we would come, you know, respond with an excuse when somebody says, well, do you want to be well? And, and well, well, I can't because of this. Well, and maybe the only thing they've ever known is being sick. Right. And, and that's the thing, because if he's been like that for since birth, how is he, what's life going to look like if he gets healed? He, he doesn't know life with legs that can walk. And so what does that look like? That's scary. It's scary because even though he's healed and you think most people say, well, he's healed, you know, so now he can go live life. Now he can go get a job. Oh, wait, what? 
now I have to go get a job because my legs work, mm. you know? I mean, and I don't know how much he really processed all of that, but just it's the unknown. Right. It's it's that unknown part. This is what he knows. And so those people who struggle, um, who have that chaos in their life, and that is what they know, they don't know life in the quiet. They don't know that peaceful life. And so when it can be offered to them, they're like, well, that's okay. I'll just hold on to this chaos, you know, because, and so, but God's like, no, that's not what I have for you. This other, this other stuff is so much better. And so, um, he can be asking those things of us that, that are actually our unhealthy comforts, because that's all we know. We, we don't know anything outside of that. So let's, um, you know, hold on to it. Let's control it because I know that I know how I can navigate through it until it really brings us down because it will get to that point because those things are not, not healthy and eventually it will wear on us long enough where it'll end up. We'll just be in a place where, right. It's not sustainable. It's not, it's really not for as much as you think that you can handle it and you have handled it for years and years. It eventually it will take its toll. So the best thing to do ultimately is to give it up. And, um, like I had kind of mentioned before with, um, with Josiah in his room, how he had clothes that were good for him at one point because they fit him. Um, but now they're of no use. It's, it's a new season. He's older, you know, he's more mature. Uh, he's grown. He doesn't need those clothes. Um, the same thing with, uh, toys or different games or things that he had that he doesn't use anymore and he won't ever, you know, those things just don't belong. So I think there's also that element too of when we, um, we say seasons, when we go through different times in life, that we have certain things in our lives that, that are appropriate. Those are the things that should be there. Um, it, they're not wrong. Um, it's a part of how we're living or whatever. But then when, when we move on to different seasons in our life, it's, it's of no use anymore. It doesn't belong. We need to not hold on to it. Um, so it's good things that we right. may have. So it's even, appropriate things for that time. Right. So even the good things are things mm-hmm. that we have to give up sometimes. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, maybe there's just a focus of something at one point in your life and, and that's what your focus is on and that's what you do. Um, but then you, you move on from that. So then that, that doesn't have a place anymore. And so it's hard to, it's hard for us to let go of that because it did have a place at one point. Um, but if God's saying you've got to move on, then we have to move on right? and we have to let go of those things. We can't just keep coming back to, but I, but I, but I need this, this, this has sentimental value. This has, you know, and, and he's going, it's getting in the way, Yeah, you know, get rid of it. It's getting in the way. Probably things that maybe we, uh, leaned on to like for support that he wants us to lean on him more, that kind of thing. So we all know that. Uh, we were born in sin. I mean, I think most of the people who are listening in know that we as people, we were born in sin. Um, that was because Adam and Eve made the choices that they did, eating the fruit and disobeying God in the garden. Um, and then in the Old Testament, God shows the people that you need to have blood to uh, cover the sin, at least temporarily. So they would take different animals, lambs and other things that they would sacrifice. And that blood would temporarily cover their sins. And then we come into the New Testament where there was Jesus and Jesus was the ultimate perfect sacrifice. 
And it was his blood that he shed for us. Uh, Being the perfect sacrifice, he took on all of our sin. All of the people from the past to all the people in the future, every person's sin he took upon himself when he was sacrificed. So he died once and for all. He was the perfect sacrifice. And because we because we were born in sin, and when we choose to follow him, he has purchased us. He has bought us by his blood. And I think a lot of times that even as Christians, we hear that and we hear verses about that, that he's purchased us, that he's bought us, that he has, uh, he paid the debt that we couldn't pay. The, the debt of sin, he paid it with his perfect blood. And so, you know, many times people, we say, we'll just stop right after the cross. They accept Jesus. Okay, I have Jesus in my heart. I got my ticket to heaven. I'm good. You know, and then they just go on about living. But what they need to understand is that we are no longer our own. Right. He, he purchased us. Yeah. By his blood, he purchased us. This is how we have eternal life. And so we are no longer our own. We belong to him. And so we need to live different. We, we need to not just, you know, he wants all of us. He wants us to surrender all of ourselves. So while we do that initially at the salvation point, we surrender ourselves. Um, it's also that process. It's that continued surrender. It's the, it's the taking the one thing at a time, like we were recommending to Josiah. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, and as he reveals those things to us, because it would be, probably way too overwhelming for us if he just said, okay, here's all the stuff. Now let go of all of it, you know? Um, And so it's a process. And we also tend to acquire things along the way as we live in this world. So it it will always be a process until we are 100% surrendered and submitted to him in eternity. Yeah, (laughs) You know, we no longer live in this world as we know it. So it is more than just giving him our heart or our Sunday mornings. <laughs> it's all of us. It's very important. And I think, too, you know, again, we talked before about how the the word surrender can come off as like um, w- with maybe a bit of a a negative concept or connotation because it, be, it seems like you're giving up. But it's mm-hmm. like, the, the, but what you get, <laughs> it's all about what you get, you know, and it, and yeah. and even like you talked about, you know, Jesus Obviously, he died for us, and and when we surrender to him, um, and he's bought us with his blood, Mm -hmm. like for somebody who has a strong will, they could think, "Ah, I don't want somebody to buy me, you know. Yeah, I don't want to be owned by anyone, you know. And and it and it can have this. People can have this skewed concept of it because Mm -hmm. they think that by by me agreeing to that, right, that I've somehow like sold myself into some kind of horrible thing. But boy, is it so opposite of that. <laughs> this is true. And, and and we can say that all day long, but until people step into it. Right. Until they have to they, experience yeah, it. Yeah. They need to experience it. They need to 
It's it's like when you get a revelation. Right. <laughs> it's like when you're reading the word and God just shows you something and you're just like, I know this happened so many times to me where I see it and I'm so excited. Yeah. And I would just come run to you and you're just like, well, yeah, of course. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, but you don't get it. No, but I read that. I already knew. Yeah. And I remember when Alexis used to be at home um, doing school virtually and I'd read something and I would just be like, just, I'd interrupt her, you know, doing her schoolwork. And I'm like, you got to listen to this. And you know, she's like, well, yeah, that's cool, mom. And I'm like, no, no, no you don't get it you know you have to experience it that's that's the wonderfulness of the holy spirit yeah um but but salvation um i kind of like to say this because i think people only maybe get half of this some of the time but salvation is a free gift but it costs us everything Mm -hmm. we have to be willing to give up everything in order to have the benefit of salvation now he's full of grace and he thankfully it's a process <laughs> right yeah <laughs> but this is the requirement this is the expectation um in fact in matthew 16 jesus is talking about uh taking up your cross uh in fact it says then jesus said to his disciples if anyone desires to come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So I feel like this is really clear. We definitely need to decide to deny our flesh side we need to crucify it he's he's requiring us to when he says take up your cross if you want to follow me you take up your cross and taking up your cross means that you are crucified with him um and so this means that we no longer live our flesh our fleshly desires um and also the where he says, take up your cross or, or carry your cross. Um, it's the process, right? It's a process. Um, and I think that definitely this is a salvation thing, which most people look at this as the salvation thing, but this is really more of a way of life. It's a continual, uh, crucifying that those fleshly desires, the, and, and, um, and choosing to live for him, and to walk with him. And it also talks about how whoever loses his life for my sake will find it, which, you know, it's always opposite. You know, those, you know, who are first shall be last, <laughs> last will be first. And Jesus likes to do those things because people go, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Why <laughs> right. are you speaking in riddles? Right, exactly. He, he was at parables in short, a riddle. Um, but he's talking about if you are willing to give up your life, then you can experience the real life, like how you were just talking about. Yeah. Like, like it is so much better. I mean, people think, oh, I can't do what I want to do anymore. Well, no, you can't. But if you give up your life for him and now you're living in him, it's so much better. Yeah. Just absolutely so much better. Not that it's a bowl of cherries. I think we've all... We've all, we all yes, no rose colored glasses here. <laughs> no, no. Um, but also, yeah, the idea of carrying it with you. If we're taking up our cross, we're actually carrying it with us, which to me, um, Jesus carried his cross 
to Golgotha, where they crucified him. He carried it all the way through the streets. We need to carry our cross all the time. And so why? Why do we carry our cross with us? If we've died with Christ and we're resurrected with him, why have we, why do we need to carry it with us all the time? Well, because it is the process. It's the process of continuing to die to ourselves every day, to deny those things that we really um, want or desire, whether they're good or bad for us, like we talked about. Um, but it's just this this picture, this, this what I was just reading, I've been reading through this verse over and over and over and over again, and I just see this picture of me carrying the cross and, and it's, it's so that I'm ready. I'm ready to deny the things as soon as he points them out. Like, and, th- and there's always things to deny because we're not mm-hmm. perfect. And we do live in this world that is full of sin. And, and so we can find ourselves, there are things that we pick back up, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, you, you need to be ready to do it because if we just did it once and we were perfect, then, right. <laughs> then that would be great. But that's not reality right right thankfully god does see us as perfect sure <laughs> he does have those jesus but glasses there, but there's our part that we have yes, to play in. absolutely because it's the growing it's the right you are saved you're being saved you will be saved right it's all of that so it's um a just a continual process that we need to continue um to submit ourselves uh, in fact in revelations twelve eleven, it says and they overcame him they're talking about the enemy uh satan they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of the test of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto death. Now, there's so many times that I've heard Christians say this and, and pastors preach on this, and they tend to stop before the third thing. <laughs> right. They really do. They say that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Yeah, Jesus, go Jesus. And the word of their testimony. Yes, we're going to say with all the good things that you did in our lives. And, and then just keep going. <laughs> right. Um, or they then just comes the hard part. Right. Right. And they just kind of glaze over it. Um, and they did not love their lives unto death. And that is just what Jesus talked about when taking up the cross. If you're willing to lose your life, if you are willing to die for me, if you are willing to put to death the things that don't belong. Now, we talked about surrender. And I think that surrender is definitely a process. But I think that we have those things in our lives that we really struggle with and we wrestle with them and they continue to be an ongoing thing, but we, we wrestle with them and we get them under control. Now, these are things that have a stronger hold in people's lives. It's, it's the stronger hold of possibly pornography, possibly um, anger, possibly the the things that tend to keep coming up for as much as I'm going to live for you, Jesus, and I'm going to read your word and I'm going to pray. And, and, and they, they have a hold of it. They have control of it for a short time. And then all of a sudden something happens and there it is again, you know, there's opportunity and they see something and they kind of dive back into it or, or something aggravates them and that anger just comes, I mean, just really ugly anger, not just being upset, but just anger. And, and so there, there are those things that, that submission is not working, Mm -hmm. trying to submit them. And so they need to be crucified. 
They need to die. They're not there for us to continue to struggle with. Like we need to put them to death. Yeah. Um, it, there's no other way <laughs> that we have to crucify it. And, and in crucifying it, it takes care of it. Now, again, it's a process, but we have to let it go for it to die. We can't just, I got this, God. I, I know you got this, God. You're going to give me the peace that I need to overcome this anger. And God's going, just crucify it. Right. You know, um, now that might take, you know, some time with a Christian counselor. <laughs> it might take, you know, some support of some sort to be able to work through those things. But we have to be willing to not just struggle with it and keep it suppressed. We have to be willing to put it on the cross. Yeah. Um, just like we're choosing to do for our own lives, which you would think it's one and the same, but it's not. <laughs> I, you know, it's just, it's just not, it's just different. So um, speaking of dying, we're talking about how we're, we're, we're taking up our cross and we're dying daily and everything. It, it always reminds me of years and years and years ago when um, God was really growing me just in general, I guess. And I had read a book and it was a lot about that. It was just like, you know, dying and, and bringing those things to God and, and I'm, you know, just die. I felt like after I was done reading it, it was die, 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 <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, um, and so I like, I ended, I ended the book and I'm like, wow, you know, like that was good, but there has to be more. Like, just, there has to be more like, okay, yeah, I get it. I'm supposed to die. But what else? Like, what does that look like? So I, I, I die. I'm willing to die, God. I, I want to do that. I want to do what you're asking me to do. And, and I will take up my cross and, and I will surrender and, and be crucified with Christ. And um, <laughs> but the, he, he showed me that there is more because he does raise us back to life. We are alive in Christ and I knew that, I knew that, but I mean, I don't know, maybe it was a silly thing or maybe it was, but I kind of was just like, but what about me? You know, like, is it just, I die and then I know that you see Christ. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Like, absolutely. But I know that you created me. So where do I fit in? Where do I, do I? You know, and so I just kind of had these questions and, and, and shortly after that, he showed me, yes, you are a part of the equation. You, you are definitely a part of the equation because see, he created all of us with special personalities, with desires in life, with ambitions. And, and some of those things might sound negative, yeah, I know some people with some special personalities. <laughs> nice. No, I'm just 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 playing. <clears throat> but but he's created us with creative ideas and and there's nothing wrong with ambition and desires. It's just whenever we don't put the flesh when we don't uh crucify the flesh and and those things uh, let me see if I'm saying this right. Um he created us with those things. Like he created me with a lot of passion. <laughs> I have a lot of passion, but I will tell you that the passion in my flesh comes out really ugly. It doesn't mean that the passion is wrong. It just means it needs to be 
um, sanctified. Right. <laughs> it needs to be crucified so that then Jesus can bring it back to life to be what God meant it to be. Mm-hmm. And so it's not about crushing or suppressing how God made us. It's about submitting our lives, allowing us to be crucified in all the things in us to be crucified so that then he can turn them around and make them the things that they're supposed to be. Sure. You know, or, or replacing them with the things of himself. Cause obviously the anger doesn't belong, but you know, there's the anger probably comes from either hurt or passion or something like that, that he can renew. He renews those things. And so uh, that was just really exciting <laughs> at that time when I realized I, I do have a part. <laughs> this does matter. And, and the, just the phrase of um, I am part of the equation. You know, um, it's just I need to allow him to resurrect me, to make those things new, to be what they were meant to be. Because there is a way that we were all meant to be. But we will never find it, one, outside of Jesus, and two, if we don't let go of the things, if we don't surrender the things, if we don't choose to be crucified. Um, So, yes, God sees Jesus, but he sees us how he created us to be, Mm. not under sin. Yeah. So, uh, let's see, I have uh, 1 Peter 2.24 here, and it says who himself bore our sins, speaking of Jesus, of course, in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. So, yes, we are supposed to live, but we're living in a righteous life. This is, and and I think sometimes those kind of like the, like the words holy and righteousness, or, or just living righteous, people are like, oh, you know, <laughs> they might roll their eyes at it. Not not because it's a bad thing, but they just, oh, it's like super religious or whatever. But it's not. The word righteous and living righteously is simply living an upright life. It's living the life that we were meant to live. It's 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 being. It's living upright, <laughs> you know, and be, it's because of Jesus. And it's because of his blood that we can do that. But we get to live this upright life that we can sleep at night, that we can live with ourselves and not, you know, and and we still make mistakes, of course. You know, like there are nights that I have a hard time falling asleep because I made a bad choice during the day. And it's just like, ah, it just eats me, you know, and but then I just remember his mercy. (laughs) I remember. And then the next day I'm like, okay, God let's do this, you know, like, let's clean out whatever this is, let's get adjusted, and the day is much better, you know, and it just might be a minor thing, but it's just, and it's, again, it's the way of life, this is the way of life, you know, whenever we do it, but he has, he has made it available for us to live that upright life, and it is so much better, (laughs) it's so much better than what anybody, you know, we've, we talk about it all the time, how we, see, I don't know if it's a movie that we watch or just the news or whatever. And it's just like, how do people do life without Jesus? Right. I just don't know. I don't know how they live. (laughs) I don't know because I know that I maybe not even still be alive (laughs) if it wasn't for Jesus, Um, you know, physically. Um, Definitely alive because of him. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, spiritually. Uh, one more verse I would like to read, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So we just need to remember that whenever he is asking us to sacrifice, when he's asking us to surrender or to crucify those things that we're really struggling with, it's because he loves us. That's why Jesus died for us. Yeah. And it's not because he wants to be ultimately in control of, you know, um, does he have ultimate control? Absolutely. But that's not why he asks us to give up those things. It's because he wants what's absolutely best for us. And he knows that once we do that, that what it that what is best for us will be best for us. Right. Like 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 it's not it's not the um it's not that well what's best for you is to, you know, get locked in your room for the rest of your life. It's not that. It's that right. what it really is better. You know, we need to stop measuring our success in life by the world's tape measure and measure it by God's because that's, you know, because it is so much greater. That's so true. That's so true. Um, I, it sounds super cliche, I guess, maybe. And as a child, I might have, or a young person, I might have rolled my eyes at it. But having our life, we are not rich by the spectators we are view. not rich <laughs> we are not <laughs> um but there are times when i just sit and i reflect about my amazing husband and our kids yeah sorry guys and i feel so rich because that's what's important yeah the fact that every one of our kids know christ not because they go to church and they've learned the stories in the Bible, which they have, but they really know him. Right. And they have a good relationship with him. And I can't help but to feel rich. Yeah. And I know that that sounds very cliche, but it's so true. Um, and I know that the, <laughs> the comfort and we joke about having, you know, being a millionaire, being independently wealthy so that we don't have to go to work every day. But if I had to trade that for more money, I would never do it. Right. I would sooner go homeless. Not that I want that, but I would sooner go homeless knowing uh, that my family has a, a strong relationship with God. Mm -hmm. You know, I would, I would give up all that. And I think that that's what Jesus was talking about. You know, what does it benefit a man to gain the whole world? What does it benefit him to have all the riches, to be a billionaire, to have anything that you could buy with money? What does it benefit him if he loses his soul? You know, and I think that uh, that's just, and I know that that seems like extremes, but it's true. You know, and what, what kind of life do we want to live? Do we want to work, 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 work all the time so that we have more, more, more so that we can provide, you know? Um, or even if, you know, that's the thing that um, that you you do need to. Maybe you do need to work two jobs in order to even just make ends meet. Maybe not to just have more, more, more. But maybe that's something you need to bring to God. 
maybe he has a new creative idea for you where you don't necessarily have to work those two jobs, you know, or maybe there's a plan. Maybe there's, you know, because I don't believe that, I mean, maybe that might be like that for a while, maybe for a season, but, you know, go to him. Maybe there's things that you need to give up, you know, that I, I don't know, but there's, there's definitely, there is a better plan. There's a better plan. I don't think that, that spending your entire life working to make a buck is his plan for everybody, you know, like missing out on your relationships, missing out on your kids, missing out on everything, your whole life. Like I said, it might be a season, but you know, I would encourage you go to God. Maybe he has a, a different creative plan for you to do. You know, he, (laughs) I know he does. I know he does. He's a very creative, very creative person. And I know that he has a way out of it for, for you. So let me encourage you to do that. So let's be willing to give up the things that don't belong. Let's choose to crucify the things that we're struggling with because we are not meant to have them in control. We are not meant to uh, control them ourselves. Uh, Sometimes they just need to straight up die um, so that then Christ can raise up the things that belong and can uh, change the things that we were born with to be what we ultimately need to be. So do you have any last words? No, no. I I think that uh I really I appreciate what you just got done talking about with uh with just, you know, understanding that looking to God for um for what he wants you to do mm-hmm. all the time. That is that is part of that is that is the surrender. Yeah. It's the coming to him and it's saying, "Hey, God, I maybe make cuz maybe you're in a situation or maybe you were in a situation where you thought it was all what you had to do and what you had to figure out. And again, you were measuring yourself against the world standard. Right. And so it was like, I have to do this and I have to whatever, whatever. Um, but, but maybe God has a different plan mm-hmm. and it, and it, it doesn't have to be riches in money. Right. It, it's riches in so much more. Yeah, absolutely. And again, until you experience it, <laughs> No, absolutely. You don't uh, you know. know. And yeah. I mean, it's like our story of, of mm-hmm. you know, where we are today. And, um, you know, our move was uh, a, a move that was a, a surrender moment. For sure. For for all of us, uh, you know, and I, I know that it had to do with what I had to do as far as my job went and, you know, had to get myself to the place where I was ready to um, to say, OK, God, I know you've got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the surrender part. Yeah. Uh, but everything's fine you yeah. know on the other side of it it's yeah. it's just you know we are we're exactly where we're supposed to be and and life is exactly what it's supposed to be it's not always pleasant it's not always <laughs> great um but it's where we're supposed to be and mm-hmm. and god has a, a greater plan yeah absolutely uh it just reminds me of something too what you just said um I know that there people are all the time like, oh, you got this, you got this, or I got this, I got this. You're like hyping themselves up, you know. Um, I personally like to say he's got this. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know that I can do it if he's got it. Yeah. You know, if it's meant to be and I'm supposed to do it, you know, I know that I can do it because he's got it. Right. So just, just something to chew on there. So let's be willing to die for Jesus. And then past that, let's be willing to live for him. Uh, 
we need to die. But we definitely need to be willing to live for him because sometimes that might be a little harder to live for him than just simply dying. Um, so let's, let's work on that together. Uh, so thanks for joining us today. And until next time, continue to believe in the one and only true God. We'll see you then.